All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here. Thanks for tuning in, listening, subscribing, liking, sharing. I appreciate you. Hope you're well. Hope you're safe. Uh, hope, you know, you're continuing to wash yourselves, you dirty fuckers, because um, apparently <laughs> that's where it came from. So uh, joining me tonight is a very good friend of mine, very good friend of mine, uh, comedian, writer, uh, lunatic, my good buddy, <laughs> Laurie Palmentari. All right, Laurie, how are you? I'm all right. How about you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So how are you settling in? I know you just got back from Florida, not from vacation, but you took a month down there. I took a month down in, down in Florida. Um, I live here. I live in Queens. Um, my parents live in Florida. So when this shit started going down, I was like, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> you did too, right? You kind of went on the... Um right as it was as it was happening where there may have been closing borders and shit right closing down yeah like the highways and stuff yeah we went right before that right before shit got bad um i was gonna go drive down by myself and then my sister uh who was two little kids decided she wanted to come too and take the kids so we uh we took a little road trip together um and my my nephew is five my niece is two and they were good both car rides got there and back but um it was a it was a good quarantine. All things considered, the month in Florida was fun. I mean, the kids, you know, occupied each other most of the time. They're 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 pretty funny. Most of they have their moments where you know you want to punch them, but most of the time they're they're pretty good. <laughs> well, that's the thing about the court, which I noticed from your like you know just your texts and and videos and stuff you post on uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff is that like it has for me anyway it brought me closer to my kids. You know? oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've always been really close at my my family and my, and those kids, my nephew, my niece. I adore them, but I never spent an entire month with them. So that definitely was some. It was a little bit too much of a bonding time. My nephew, like I said, he's five. He's really bent on marrying me now. Okay. All right. <laughs> he I talks mean... about marrying me all the time. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm gonna marry Lori. I just love her. And... <laughs> he could do better. <laughs> I think my mom at one point told me I was too old. I was like, how about I'm his aunt? Be the first yeah, thing yeah. you bring up. The fact that I'm old. Yeah, yeah really? We're going to step over that one? <laughs> I, I guess your parents have been living in Florida too long. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, no, but the, the quarantine thing, though, like, it has, like, it can either rip you apart or bring it together. And I know, like, especially with my kids, man, because, like, I'm... I've been away from so long and my relationship is kind of cool with them. When I get home, I spend time with them and, you know, I, I try to milk as much time as I can with them. But now it's like my son, he's learned to box. He's fucking all, I have the time to teach him. Uh, we sword fight every night. Uh, but like, and then like my daughter is like, now I bake with her. Like when I go in here now, I'm going to bake uh, muffins that I'll never eat. But still <laughs> like, it's, it's really fucking cool, man. Like, and I think it's going, when I go back on the road, it's going to be hard. To go back, I mean, but too much time. Like, with, with, with my, like my son is now following me to the bathroom to tell me these dumb fucking stories, <laughs> and like you're trying to, you're trying to have a piss while you're closing the door while he's still talking. You're like, yeah, yeah, really, really, fuck me. Right. Well, this is like a dream for the kids. You know, they're like, it's like an extended vacation, uh, summer vacation. So, um, you know, they're oh, not, doesn't... they're not in a panic by any means. Although my oh, this... nephew has a pretty firm grasp on what's going on, like when we, when we were traveling, and... of course he does. If you're his fucking aunt, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> serious? Like, he'll be like the sickness. <laughs> we can't go here because of the sickness. I'm like that's right, the sickness. 
<laughs> he's only five years old and he's like, oh, that person's going to have a, a trouble in a respiratory infection. She's going to she's going to fucking die soon. <laughs> uh, but um, they, like, I think this trumps any snow day. Like, you remember snow days? Yeah, like, yeah. You ever got, we didn't really get them in Ireland, but like, this is fucking amazing. My daughter was got it, though, when she found out the schools were closed in New York for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. She was she was gutted. Um, but what's so? What's the difference of the way it's being handled down in Florida? Now I know your parents very well. Uh, they're delightful people. Um, when but they're not gone down to like a senior senior area because there's no way they could pass as seniors. No, right? no. Well, my parents are in their sixties, so yeah, they're seniors technically. But um, they live like in a yeah, gated, on paper, right? Yeah, <laughs> they live in yeah, a gated yeah. community, but um. But my parents are both super healthy. They're both, um, you know, they're both former athletes themselves. They work out all the time. So if they were, um, had compromised immune immune systems by any sort of means, I would have never gone down there, you know. Um, right. But none of us are like, obviously none of us want to get sick, but none of us are particularly uh, concerned if we, none of us want it, but, you know, if not, it, it wouldn't be uh, the right name for any of us to get it. Um, so that was one of the reasons, too, was like, oh, it's okay. Um, I mean, the climate is just different down there as compared to New York because everything's more spread out. And you'd feel that way on Eastern Long Island, too, where, I mean, the grocery stores are a lot bigger. Everybody wears masks still, but it's not nearly as tense as it is here. Like, it, it, the tension is, uh, it's getting better in New York, but it's like, it's still very much existent. Well, that's in Queens, right? Yeah. There's a lot of shit going on, too. And, and it's like, I have totally bailed on any news or media um especially on social media but i'll see someone like a comic might post up a picture of a park with like a thousand people on it i'm like that's not is it real is it not real like are people that dumb yeah there's that one picture where people are super close to manhattan that i'm not sure is real or not but um i live right next to astoria park here in astoria um, which isn't a big park by any means, but the weekend was so nice and it was teeming with more people than I've ever seen in the park with the exception of like uh, some sort of like festival happening. Um, but everybody was minding their distance. Everybody's being respectful. I mean, half the people wear a mask, half people aren't. I don't wear a mask when I jog. Um, Neither do I. Yeah, I can't. I just can't stand it. Um, if I go inside, I'll, I'll wear a mask. But it was kind of there. I mean, there are cops everywhere all over the place. But everybody, I, there was kind of a sweet moment where these people were not wearing masks and they were playing like a game with each other. And the cop went over there to like tell them that they either had to like stop or put on mask, I guess. But the cop was kind of like laughing as he was telling them. And even they were there. He was like, I know that this is ridiculous, but like, this is what we have to do right now. And everybody like, was fine you know um so the the atmosphere was very laid back um like there were cops on horses just waving to people it was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like what is this what is going on so um that's yeah, fucking weird man yeah i mean some people are like oh there's too many people but at the same time like going outside is one of the best things you could do um for your exercise oh, without for your a doubt. mental health for your physical health like people gotta go outside uh, you can't be, you can't stay in your house uh, or stay in a room all day. And I know we've talked about this. I said, like, uh, exercising is just, it's so important um, now more than ever. The corona is especially harsh on, on people who are obese. So it's like, yeah, don't sit in your house and continue to eat. Get some, uh, you got to work out. 
Yeah, and I, I've been known by a lot of people uh, to kind of, I've got many emails uh, on this show about how I'm not sensitive towards obese people. <laughs> and <laughs> I like the way you laugh. <laughs> and, and like I voiced my opinions on it before. And it, it's like even now, I'm like, like, now like can can i say it now like are we are we allowed understand that this fucking is killing heavier people like it's it's fucking so dangerous man and i think if anything this anything comes out is that people instead of blaming you know whoever like fuck china fuck trump should have done this this that and i'm not political i, I don't i don't pick sides so that's just that's just based on what i what i hear um like fuck Como could have done this or this state could have done that. This country had it right. It's like, how about you take on some responsibility yourself and put your own faith in your own hands? Yeah. I mean, nobody, I mean, obviously we're both, um, fit people. I'm, you know, I'm a skinny girl. Nobody ever wants to hear it from a skinny girl. Um, and I'm, (laughs) and I'm fortunate. I mean, I'm fortunate. I have good, I have good genetics in that regard, but yeah, I mean, there's so little, um, in life, that's under your control and one of them is what you put in your body <laughs> um and honestly i think it should be talked about in the news more about how um you know you're obese you're affecting your your cardiovascular affecting your lungs like that's um you're you're playing you're playing the game of fate right there not not a good one either that's a so yeah absolutely people um should be more cognizant of that kind of stuff I, I I think what will what comes if it comes out of it is like the gyms are not to blame, but like when you go to a gym, the gym was des- not was designed, but it is kind of. And I go to like a plan of fitness when I go on the road, so I can hit a bunch of them. I go to hotel gyms. I'll go to just I've just been in every kind of gym there is. Um, usually, ninety nine point nine percent of the people there are there for an image. Right, the girls are using up every machine to get their ass big. Like machines that are not even designed to get your ass big, they'll figure out a way how to use it. <laughs> and I think now it should be like, look, now is the time to not worry about image. How about you just get healthy? Right, like just that's. And I think if the gyms come across with that, with that message instead of like fucking, because it's, it's hard, man. Like something you'll see, like I see it all the time. Like you'll see a girl on the treadmill. Uh, like like a fairly heavy person on the treadmill, and then right walks by is a nineteen year old fucking this girl that's chiseled in the sexy Victoria's Secret workout, and these girls are like fuck, <laughs> like you feel so far away from it and defeated, you know. But instead, but the weird thing is like, I, and it's what I said to you earlier is like this since I was fighting, like this is the best shape I've physically been in. Like I feel it, and I and I look it, and and all I did was. Is like I went down and I ran around the field for an hour every day, and I stop at these little stations and do pull-ups, push-ups at every, maybe every fifty, sixty feet. Just one of these things, and it's like I may never go back to a gym again. <laughs> yeah, to your to that gym point because I've been in gyms with people who are like not super fit, and I remember them saying to me that they would be self-conscious around me because I because I'm because I'm a fit person. And to me, that, that was so crazy, that notion to me, because I never judge somebody for working out. It's like, oh, yeah, if you're a you know, heavy person, you're on a treadmill, or if you're on the track and you're just walking, I'm like, good for you. Like, I'm happy for yeah, you. Man. And if you're like, you know, had three cheeseburgers in front of you and, you know, John, then I'm probably going to judge you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, man, I absolutely don't um, 
don't judge anybody who's trying to trying to work on it. It's a, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm always proud. I'm like, yeah, I'm good for you, man. Uh, keep going. Yeah, and there's there's so much that's like that's that's in your control that that you can that you you know what I was I was going to do. You know who David Goggins is? I don't think so. He's this marine and uh, he's this motivating speaker and he's a fucking lunatic. I follow him on Instagram and. Uh, he was just one of these guys that said, "I'm gonna." Uh, he was like 380 pounds, I think. He's like, "I don't want to be this anymore. I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL." Something snapped in his head, and he went off and he became a Navy SEAL. And then he went, "I'm gonna run 100 miles." Out of nowhere, got up off his couch and ran 100 miles. Then he went, "I'm gonna break the world record in pull-ups." What is it? All right, I'm gonna do it. So now it's like the fucking mentality that he has, like something snapped in his brain. So now he's got this thing going on, and I think I might do it, which is. Something he said that that the Navy SEALs used to do is called 48 for 48. 48 miles for 48 hours. And what it is, so let's say you start at 8 o'clock in the morning. You get up and you run four miles. So what's, what would that take you? About, what, 45 minutes, let's say? Right? Okay. So, you, so you run 45 minutes. You run four miles, however long it takes you. Then you come home, you rest for four hours. Then you get up and you run another four. And you keep doing it, like, even all through the night. All like it's it's like it's a mental breakdown thing. So like it could be two in the morning, your alarm goes off, get up, run four miles, come back, sleep another four hours, get back up, do it again, and try and try. So I was thinking of like I, I might fucking try something like that. But then the other part is like, why you fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah, like, I have no, I have no desire to do that. For, that sounds terrible. For what reason? <laughs> what reason? Who are you impressing? So I can put the story on Instagram and go look at guys, aren't I fucking great? Yeah, I have no desire to do that. Why. The one thing that I that sort of did to that not to the extreme but that like mentality of like i'm gonna do this was i i rode uh my bike from um where my parents used to live in west islip out to montauk lighthouse which was 93 miles with like with jesus how long did that take you? took all day basically like eight hours uh, i rejected it with um yeah Jaritano, who uh used to do comedy yeah really yeah, we did it together um year, yeah this was like right when the my parents were moving so probably like almost five years ago but I always wanted to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna do it with no like no training, I mean, <laughs> whatsoever." Like on the you went on the LIE we, or no, Sunrise, yeah, Sunrise Highway? Highway, yeah. Which we took the long railroad back. We didn't bike ride back, but yeah, 93 miles. The first 30 miles was like not that bad. You're like, "Oh yeah, this is good." By like by 60 miles, I remember my butt hurt so bad for being on the seat. I was like, I want, at 60 miles, I wanted to quit, but I was also like, well, I did 60 miles and I got 33 more miles to go. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. Yeah, it was tough. I remember we got there. That's, some, that's just kind of, that just sent, that I might do something like that now. Like, I ne- that never dawned on me to do it. Like, I might do, like, fuck, that's awesome. I, I would never do it again or never that distance again. It was way too long. Um, also, I had like I had a well, mountain I'm... bike and he had a street bike and a mountain bike. It's so oh, much so his fun. is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. His is a lot more his design for that kind of stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. But I remember the next day, he... my parents were at the top and they were selling selling their Long Island house, um, and I was so sore. I mean, my knees were shot, my ass was shot. Like I was just so sore. I couldn't I couldn't stand up or sit. I had to like be in a field position. <laughs> And I like crawled downstairs and I crawled on the couch and I was just laying there. And my mom was like, What the hell are you doing? I was like, I can't move. <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. And she was like, well, Now, did you, you went to the lighthouse? Yeah, we went straight to the lighthouse. Okay. And she goes, Well, we're having an open house. You can't just lay here. You look like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> and they kicked me out. They kicked me out of the house, the open house. I like drove to my cousin's oh. house and I was like, I just need to lay on your couch all day. <laughs> 
<laughs> that the the most I rode was I was up in Allentown at Wisecrackers, and I convinced Mike Caltagno. Yeah, yeah, this, some this, great where, from this is where I fell in love with Walmart. I said we had no workout gear with us because we just went up for the weekend. It wasn't even that cold. I can't remember when. I think it was coming into the uh, late spring. And I saw a flyer. You remember what it's like in you know before the comedy club, oh, yeah. the hotel. There's all these flyers and what's doing in the area. And I saw this mountain. And I said, like, "Fuck it, let's do it. Rent bikes, whatever it was." So I said, "Mike." So we drove to Walmart first thing in the morning and bought like a full, like I mean, hoodies, t-shirts, pants, socks, sneakers for like eleven <laughs> bucks. And we were like, "Fuck it, let's go." And we drove like maybe fifteen miles up to where the mountain was, and we rode 50, twenty-five miles one way and twenty-five back. And I was like, I was like, fuck, it changes your life, man. I'm like, this is what the road is supposed to be. Like, I, I, I never was a guy who, like, I may go to the movies and kind of squander a day on the road. But most guys, a lot of guys will, like, sit in their hotel room and fucking do drugs or whatever, <laughs> just wank all day long. But, I, like, once I did that, I'm like, I got to, every time I'm on the road now, like, I find something that's challenging that I can go do. Yeah, no, I love when, I mean, a lot of places on the road are, there's nothing around. But if there is something around, yeah, I always try to, uh try to get out and see see the area or do something cool um but yeah remember you, you showed me pictures of that i would love to do that bike ride but um yeah man i don't i don't know that the doing the road is something that's going to be happening anytime in the near future so <laughs> yeah i was going to ask you that when when do you think it all starts to open up or, or if it does if or when it does how does it happen like what's the scene going to be like i'm i'm not very optimistic for the near future of comedy i think we'll i mean everything's gonna open in phases as it's gonna have to um new york is gonna be the last to open up because we're the most dense and the most uh, affected by this um and i don't think people are going to be quick to go out i don't i think it's going to be really difficult um i think a lot of clubs are going to close a lot of places that i played or love to play i think are going to close um so I think stage time is gonna be very, is more gonna be more scarce than ever. Which um, I mean, the, the people who are established headliners um, and like you know industry darlings and stuff. People, all those people will be all right. But like, so mm-hmm. a lot of the middle, the little fish, the middle class uh, guys, including myself, I think we're we're gonna be in trouble for a while. I think it'll be a while before um, shit gets bad. I mean, I, at this point, I'm terrified to go on stage. I don't feel like I know how to do stand up anymore. Well, what, what I was doing, what I started recently is um, I set a goal for myself. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going because I was starting, I was worried about forgetting my jokes. So I said, I sat, I sat down my laptop and every night I write out two of my jokes word for word, which I've never done before. I can't really write my jokes like oh, word I, for I word. I kind of send them on stage. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's a different discipline, but I always find it off as laziness or it just happens to work this way for me. So now I just started, I'm going to write out every joke word for word. And not only is my writing it out helping, but it's like, I'm also like, fuck, that's a good tagline. Or what if I, like, I'm making it more solid, you know, and I'm trimming the, like, like, wow, there's a lot of bullshit in this. Let me just change this around. And my goal is to come out of it and then slowly just get the hour together and kind of record it. Um and get you know what I mean and try get it out. But as I'm typing, I'm like, all right, good. But like, I, I have to kind of wait. How does this go again? You know, like it's fucking it's scary, man. To to think you could like I got a call on Saturday from a comedy club, and I wasn't available, right? But he said, "Are you willing to do a Zoom party for forty minutes?" 
and I uh, I couldn't, right? I was out, but a part of me was kind of a little glad that I couldn't because I was terrified. Right. Yeah, well, you it's know? such a, that's a, um, it's, I mean, now a lot of comics are doing it, but it's, and I, I'm not, I don't begrudge anybody for doing it, certainly not, but it's such a, it's a different medium altogether. Um, you know, it's like, hey, you're used to, uh, you know, um, coloring with color pencils, but now here's a canvas and here's a, a different paintbrush and now you have to do the same thing. You're like, wait, what? I can't though. <laughs> it's totally different. I understand this is totally different. Um yeah, but like I, I, I was like, and a part of me was like I said, I was glad I couldn't do it, right? Because it just happened in the middle of something that was going on, and I just, I, I physically wasn't around to do it. But like, if they'd said, "Yeah, go ahead and like do it," what I, like, I wouldn't know. Like, what do I do? Like, do I just start right, right? Act? Like, and and my act involves movement. It involves energy. It involves where, what direction I'm looking when I deflect the jaw. You know what I'm trying to say? And and it's like, I, how do I do that into a room or? Like, if it was something different, like, I remember this, I had the probably one of the worst gigs I ever had uh, last year, and I, I call up the guy who booked me, I went, never again. And, I, I mean, I told a story on an earlier episode where the people were so fucking rude to me, like, I was supposed to do half an hour, and I, I did maybe 10 minutes, and I just, because I just quit. And I remember, like, turning around, there's a TV over my head, and Bill, you know what it was? When Bill Burr's new special came out, so that'll tell you whatever date that was. And I remember saying to everybody, because guys, Bill Burr's special just came out. Let's just put that on. We'll all watch it. And it's going to be way funnier than what I'm going to fucking say to you. So then, like, after 10 minutes, I quit because they were, like, so rude. But then what happens is, like, I was in the kitchen, right, waiting for them to pay me. And I was talking to a group of them. And I would go from group to group. And then they were dying laughing. I was like, all right, maybe this is a thing. Maybe just hire me to walk around, talk to your guests instead of perform for them. Right, right. (laughs) You know, so I'm like, right, is this, is this the new stand up now? Like where you just do that, you go into a room, and you just talk to people instead of just fucking say, hey, the other day I was. Yeah, no, there's you know? definitely, I know people who've done it. There's definitely like um, a little bit of a different art and science to it. I know guys who are like doing Corona type jokes and it's a little bit more interactive. Um, they're not even really doing their straight, like, you know, their straight act, but it was. Um, right. But yeah, I mean. I think to work out the muscle or make a little bit of money. Um, I mean, fortunately we both have other jobs, which before this we hated having other jobs. And now I'm like, thank God. <laughs> thank God I have this part-time <laughs> job. Um, now are you, are you like, are you still writing? At I'm least? not really writing stand-up. I write other things. Um, I write essays. I'm working on a treatment. Um, I mean, I write jo- any joke I write. I usually end up, ends up going on social media. I, and I used to be okay, really yeah. um, diligent about sitting down and writing bits, but I just, I feel like I don't have anything to talk about really. And then if you visit social media, it's like every, I'm getting um, aggravated with a lot of comedians because they're making the same jokes as each other. And it's like, dude, just, just scroll through your feed a little bit before you make this joke. I mean, like it's same for people posting. The it's, it's not even that, man. It was even when like, any Trump joke has oh, been done. Yeah. Any it's, Trump joke has been done before. Like even if it hasn't, it's been. It, it's yeah, done. that's but that's been going on before and, and since I, before this. Um, I was just getting so sick of Trump jokes in general, especially when the punchline was just Trump is stupid. You know, <laughs> and I don't. I don't care what your opinion. Yeah, is. yeah. Oh, I really do not care either way. Uh, I'm just such a joke purist. It's like to me, that's like that's not a good punchline. Like come up with something that's going to surprise me. Um, 
but yeah, no, that's getting, um, that's getting bad, but there's no, like, you know, things, there's nothing else to talk about, really, there's no way to bounce. Well, I, I, I couldn't write for the longest time, because uh, I felt dishonest, right, it's like, what, like, what am I going to write, like, what's, my whole life is revolved around this and I can't, and I've said this before a bunch of times already on the podcast and I can't just go like, let's say day one, I go back on stage and all of a sudden I go, so the other night I was at the movies, the other night you weren't, you liar, you were quarantined. I'm like, I've been dating. (laughs) Yeah, you've been locked up. Like, you know know what I mean? And it's like, and then every comic, but the, the, this week alone, I wrote three new premises and bits down which are probably maybe could be another 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes and are not coronavirus related at all. I was, I can kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if it's just a muscle that happened to be turned on that day, but all three came to me the same day. I jotted them down. And I kind of went to work on them. So I'm like, all right, good. There's like light at the end of my tunnel, you know? Yeah. That's great. I mean, that happens. I always have to sort of trust the process in that sense or the times where I feel like really uh, creatively blank that that shit does happen. Like all of a sudden you're like, yeah, then you have like a bunch of things and you kind of hit it. You kind of hit a strike. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely not alone. I'm definitely not alone in this, but having such a hard time staying motivated lately, it's just so hard. Everything seems so pointless. <laughs> and I know that's like, yeah, that's man, not, right. not even just comedians or writers, but like everybody everywhere feels that that's not a, um, you know, an isolated. <laughs> I think I'll, I think a lot of people are going to quit because I think number one, some of them are not weren't good enough to be around anyway, um, so they went back home, right, or from wherever they live. And I think, and I think another thing is like some guys who went home now, they're like, "Fuck, this is so yeah. much better." Oh yeah, like, a lot, a lot of people are going to quit. You know what I mean? Like they're like, like "Oh wait, gonna, this is gonna be this is what life like, is yeah, like." Should have quit a long time ago. There's going to be, but there's going to be a lot of people who are like, "Damn, that person is really good. They shouldn't have quit." But you're right. I mean, there's two schools. Some people are going to be forced out of New York because they can't afford it. Um, A lot of people, it's going to be happening to a lot of people. Um, Stage time will become more scarce. It'll just be harder to get up. Um, But people will reevaluate what's important to them. Um, I mean, I feel that within myself, too. I'm like, what's really important to me Um, and what makes me happy? And, you know, um, time is the most uh, time is really the only at uh, the only real currency that there there is you know so it's like what are you gonna what are you gonna yeah. how are you gonna spend that um but i mean it, it's the, 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 know, it's gonna be the, go ahead sorry interesting i guess to see how things unfold it'll probably also be infuriating but uh <laughs> It's going to be, but you know what made me kind of like, I, I, I do, like a part of me is like, it's always like I miss the road, I miss new people, I miss towns. Because especially for me, because I'm not from here, right? And I'm, I'm a traveler by nature. Like I just like to travel and see stuff. So like I do miss that aspect of the road. The many times I could have flown to gigs where I said, no, let me fucking drive because I want to stop here. I want to stop there. And, you know, I don't I don't like the 7-Elevens and the Starbucks. I like I like the, the mom and pop type of stuff, you know? But the weird thing today, I was driving on the LIE I was coming back from Smithtown, Long Island, and I saw something that I, I legit forgot about. I mean, like, forgot, never dawned on me. Because we're in this now, what, how, what two yeah, months now? Out. Right? Right? And I saw a traffic, like, there was an accident on one side of the road. The LIE was backed up for maybe three or four miles. And I was like, <laughs> oh, traffic jams. 
like stuck in traffic. I remembered that. Like, do you remember coming home like late from a gig and maybe the gig didn't go too well or if it just went okay, you got paid, it was shit, whatever. You drove home, you got, you know you got to get up there in the morning and all of a sudden you're like about two hours from home. Oh, yeah. Sudden, Fuck! Red, red lights and you're stuck there. And I forgot. I, like, I wasn't trying to be funny. I wasn't trying to exaggerate the truth. Like, I forgot about traffic jams <laughs> yeah some things you just quickly it was you the quickly weirdest get out of your head. feeling You're like oh, i don't need any more of that shit and i only used to get them either leaving long island mainly leaving long island or coming back from probably jersey or connecticut oh, yeah. those were the ones you're like oh fuck me and i just then i'm like oh yeah i forgot traffic jams it's fucking insane yeah, traffic jams absolutely suck they're terrible <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good job for stating the obvious there. Um, but yeah, so the, when, I, when I asked you to be honest, I was like, oh, gee, yeah, Laurie. But the, the, the one thing I kind of like, I love having Laurie on because she's so honest. And then the other reason I hate <laughs> having you on is because you're so honest. And it's like, it's fucking like, I remember I called you when this started, like, and before, like, I knew it was going to be a thing, but. You're like, oh, for sure, people are going to die. Oh, for sure. Everyone's losing their job. Oh, for sure. And then not only that, like the only comfort I had, which is I swear to God, I had grown this by accident. I just realized I forgot to shave in like in about two weeks. And my beard was like getting big and bushy. And it became almost like a security blanket. And my beard got bigger and bigger. And I liked it. And then you were like, oh, for sure, you got to shave that off. It lives in beards. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Like bacteria so lives like, in beards. God damn it, Laurie. Yeah, like the coronavirus lives in beards now. And then I was like, fuck. So I I contemplated shaving. I contemplated. Then I saw something online. I was like, yeah, it lives in beards. Like, ah, fuck, she would write this whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, well, actually, now I'm turning out to be. But for a while, I mean, I was really spot on about how this was going to play out. And everybody was saying how pessimistic I was being. I was like, I was like, April's going to be, all of April's <laughs> going to be closed. Nothing happened. People were like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, no, no. I was like, it's Kapik in April. Nothing's happening in April. <laughs> I was like, yeah. and then, I was yeah, like holy shit, like, you were oh, right. But I'm I'm hypochondriac, so I like have always pretty heavily followed uh, disease patterns. <laughs> so I was all over Corona before, it, but it was sort of popping off. But it's even actually just it's turning out to be even longer than I thought it's going to be. I thought I thought by now things would be trickling back, um, but I guess technically they are, but just very slowly. Yeah, but what happens when different states start to open up before New York? Like, like I got a friend in Texas, and she's like, "Yeah, we're going to open up in the, in a week or two. I'm like, well, if they, "Why can't I go into Texas then and start working uh, at comedy well, club?" A down lot there? of what happens to the more dense states is going to depend on what happens with those states that open back up. Um, and honestly, as long as people, you know, are still sanitary, they still space out, I and mean, we can't like open everything right away. Obviously, I mean. And they're talking about opening bowling alleys. I was like, why don't we just close all bowling alleys for good? Like, <laughs> yeah, bowl. Why? <laughs> bowling that. Like, that's you like, fucking you Americans. Um, but yeah, I think absolutely the clubs in the Midwest are going to open up before anything around here. Um, and um, I, th- I, I assume they're going to have to do like half capacity and space all tables apart. And same with the restaurants, too, is space everything apart. Um, and see how it goes from there. And a part of me is like, you know, people will be itching to get out, and then a part of me is like, people are not going to want to go, and people are going to have real PTSD from this. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I was thinking two things when you go back to the comedy clubs is people who will be shot on the spot are number one is a heckler, a heckler <laughs> should be shot now, 
based on like, how fucking dare you, how long we've waited to get up here, and you're going to do this, you piece of shit. And I think any any comic that I blows think they the should life. fine hecklers. Wouldn't that be great? It's like okay, you if you heckle, you are fined like a hundred dollars, and that money goes to the comedian. <laughs> yeah, but how do you how do you how do you define that though when you have an MC right who right yeah, it's, crowd it's a little bit and, the, and also define a heckler. It's you know like, what I mean? Like so that. Great. You're like yeah, you do this. Oh, will be fantastic. You're fine. You're you're getting kicked out or fined, and then you're like, oh, then I'd be like, yeah, please heckle me. Let me make an extra four hundred dollars on this gig. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's always a gray area with me, though, like to find a heckler. Like sometimes you get people who just want to be in, in the, sh- like they want to enjoy themselves and it's like they don't realize they're being disruptive. Like, yeah, that is true. We do do that. And then all of a sudden you go, hey, and they go oh, I'm so sorry. And then you get some fucking people who double down and just keep, you know, just oh, yeah. die. You know what I mean? But then the comic that doesn't get off, like we've been waiting so long now to get on stage. I don't know if someone posted this or not, or if I was in the back of my mind, or, or but like if you, get on stage and you blow the light when you've got a line of comics waiting to get the fuck back up on stage again, like you should be shot too. That person <laughs> should be shot. Like right in the head, just dragged off like, like the wild west meets vaudeville. Just instead of the hook, you just walk up and you just shoot him with a six shooter revolver and well, you just drag I, his body I off the stage. Something a little bit less violent than that, that I, I thought was genius a few years ago was that the, the bouncers should have super soakers and if you're heckling or being an <laughs> asshole, the bouncer can come over and soak you with the super soaker because nobody wants to be sitting down with wet clothes. It's terrible, you know? So, and it's also like, obviously, you're not going to get hurt, though. Nobody gets hurt with the super soaker, but it's embarrassing. You're wet. So, like, you just imagine just you wrecked her hair. with the super soaker, you're just ready to go. You really think people would be heckling that guy? No. <laughs> Some guy with awesomely gelled hair and he's on a date. He just soaks him down. down. And then you're like, hey, I just think it would solve so many problems. Uh. Uh, then you've got that front with white t-shirts. Like, please heckle. Please heckle. <laughs> just like, Why did you say, you loud bitch? Hey, Louie, get her. <laughs> the poor girl's like, hey, can I please get a Cosmo? The guy's just soaking. <laughs> just crying. Oh, fuck. All right, we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. Um, we're, tell people where they can find you and what to look for. I'm a big yeah, fan of your blog. Uh, by the way. My blog, I post um, I post one every week. Um, I post it on social media, uh, my Facebook or my Twitter mm-hmm. at Lori Palmentary, and it's on my website LoriPalmentary dot com. Um, obviously, I don't have any dates posted, <laughs> but I do try to uh, I try to put out some fun content uh, or insightful content when I can. Yeah, you you. You are one of the funniest on there on, online with your jokes. Yeah, very sharp, you. very clean, very fast. And uh, anyway, I appreciate you coming on the show, Laurie. Thanks so much. Uh, stay safe. Stay well. And uh, yeah, reach out if you need anything. Um, we'll go biking one day soon. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You want to do that Montauk challenge? I'm in. Well, I swear maybe to God, I'm in. Challenge, but maybe another one. They get, some, they get some trails out there. Yeah, you, you pick a location. Or we'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. There's plenty of matter, I think. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Any comments, concerns, questions, send them to my Instagram, uh, Mick Thomas Comedy, and uh, I'll answer. I will get back to you either publicly or privately. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Hope you uh, stay safe, you're happy, you're healthy, and wash yourselves, you dirty fuckers. Thanks so much. Good luck to you now. Good luck.